and welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. The Commercial Real Estate Show is your source for insightful analysis and enlightening discussions. And today we certainly have some enlightening discussions. Our show today is called The Fed's View of Commercial Real Estate. Please welcome my guest. It's Brian Bailey. He's Senior Policy Financial Analyst with the Fed and he's at the Atlanta's Fed office and he's joined us here in Studio One. Brian, thanks for being with us. Michael, it's great to be back. Thank you for having me. Well, great. We know, I'm, to start off, I'm just so glad that you're here speaking for the entire Fed and for Obama. Let us know <laughs> what he thinks, right? Well, it's, uh, it's very kind of you, but, you know, in, in all fairness, yeah. you know, really these are going to be my views and not necessarily those of the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta or the uh, Board of Governors in Washington, D.C. So the disclaimer is out of the way. Yes. That's good. Well, first of all, for our listeners and our viewers, tell us why does the Fed watch commercial real estate? How do you guys watch commercial real estate and, and who leads that charge? Sure. Uh, you know, real estate is a very important sector for the economy. Um, between construction in residential and commercial, as well as some of the infrastructure. And it gets a little nebulous as far as the accounting per se, but roughly my view is, is that it, it accounts for between six and 7% of the gross domestic product. So it's very important to the nation's economy. It's very important to the Fed, whether it's through um, you know, monetary policy, which is one of our charges, or whether um, you know, we have to look at it um, regarding our bank regulation function, the supervision and regulation of the banks. We're one of the primary bank regulators. And so certainly you know, have to be aware of uh, what's going on in residential and commercial real estate. And how do you go about watching? How does the Fed look at real estate? We spend, a, we spend a significant amount of resources and time, whether it's monitoring the fundamentals, monitoring the lending climate, um, how easy, how hard is it to get loans, but also looking at the, the affordability of uh, residential uh, uh, real estate to make you know to to understand you know if it's creating a hardship on uh, you know the on the individual level, uh, but we spend a significant amount of time trying to make sure that uh, um, you know that, that that there's transparency that uh, um, you know the economic conditions are are conducive to uh, the the economic climate of the of the country. Okay, and who leads the charge? Well, so I'm a, I'm a subject matter expert in commercial real estate, and so I'm spending uh, all my time looking at commercial real estate, but we have a number of experts across the nation that look at, uh, you know, various pieces uh, of, of uh, industry. Right. So there, there are a lot of us and, and a lot of, uh, you know, uh, we'll have a lot of very sharp colleagues out there. Right. And I think one thing that, that the public might not uh, realize is, is the profitability of the Fed, so uh, is the Fed's not the cost of the Fed's not really coming out of the taxpayer's pocket directly. That's correct. Yeah. We're um, independent. We were, we're um, accountable to Congress, but Congress has given us the ability to charge for the services that we provide to uh, the financial institutions. And you probably just saw the article within the last uh, two weeks or so, but the Fed made about. Uh, 97 billion dollars, billion with a B, Thank you. Um, and that gets turned over to the U.S. Treasury. 
Okay. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, it was a good. It was a. It was a good year. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yes. So, uh, so you're leading the, the charge, and you're tracking residential and commercial real estate. So, so when Obama gets out of office and he calls you, <laughs> he's like, "Should I buy or rent?" You know, what's the, what's what's the word for him? Huh? Well, uh, you're you're too kind. You know, you're too kind. I, I follow commercial real estate. Um, and, and, you know, we're watching the conditions right now. I mean, mm -hmm. certainly we've seen a, a significant improvement in those conditions. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm sure you probably see in, in, your, in your daily life. Yeah, I think it's a still a good time to buy, and uh, whether it's residential or commercial. So, so what is the status right now of, um, of commercial real estate related to banks, and, and how's the banking industry doing right now? Well, the banking industry, uh, you know, is, is seeing a, a pickup in demand for lending. Uh, so certainly good news there. From uh, my perspective, from the banks that I've been in, I see disciplined lending going on. So certainly I think, you know, that is, that is good news. Um, sp specifically, though, as far as the balances on lending, um, balances in multifamily, balances in owner-occupied space or, you know, uh, single-tenant uh, buildings, that kind of thing. Uh, uh, in other CRE, which is uh, parlance for kind of leased or investment or real estate, mm -hmm. those balances are at all-time highs mm -hmm. over the last uh, seven or eight years. So certainly, um, you know, banks are lending more on stabilized properties. You know, the question has been is, you know, the C&D, the construction and, and, and development projects. Mm -hmm. And we are seeing the banks getting back into lending on those projects. Again, it's, it's slow. Mm -hmm. They're cautious about it, which certainly is, is a good thing after what we went through in the, in the financial downturn. But it's great to see them getting back and, and seeing a little bit more velocity um, in, in that arena. Yeah. What's well, a big profit area for them, right? To do these types of commercial loans. I think it is. It yeah. is profitable, yeah. um, and, and I think that you know it is necessary for the economy because we just talked about mm -hmm. how important construction is for uh, GDP. Yeah, you're right. That's true. And let's talk about uh, the banks a, a little more. So, if how much of their uh, how much loans should they do? I mean, is there a, a limit that, that the Fed would recommend to a certain bank, hey, don't go over this amount or, you know? And, and, and obviously there are some, some, there is some guidance on concentrations mm -hmm. that we have put out, mm -hmm. whether it's commercial real estate, whether it's uh, the construction piece. Um, so there is, there is some guidance on, on that, um, but, but certainly some of it is also driven by you know the bank's risk tolerance and you know what does their board of directors feel like uh, you know that, that that you know they can be profitable at uh, you know certainly we've seen some banks that uh, um, whether they grew too quickly or they grew and entered spaces that were outside of their core areas of competency and and a number of those institutions ran into it so certainly I think the you know having the the uh, intellectual capital knowledge base um, you know in a, in a certain lending area is very important yeah well let's talk about underwriting because I think some uh, borrowers out there would think the underwriting is, is too, too 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 stiff still 
but uh, and I guess everyone, every bank uh, and lender is going to be different, but uh, what do you see overall for underwriting standards? So uh, I'd refer you back to the Federal Loan Officer Survey that the Federal Reserve does every quarter. And, and what we've seen is, is that there's been a growing appetite um, for almost all the loans except for multifamily. And, and that has kind of stayed, you know, pretty much uh, there hasn't been, a, you know, a, a tightening in underwriting standards. There hasn't been a loosening in underwriting standards. But, but really the banks have just kind of said, you know, we're comfortable at the level that, that you know, that, that uh, you know, we're doing multifamily loans. The other, the other areas, uh, there does seem to be a growing appetite according to that survey for uh, new loans in those areas. And banks are, uh, you know, kind of, kind of uh, carefully, cautiously, um, you know, lo loosening their underwriting standards yeah. uh, to get some of those new loans. Okay. And let's talk about interest rates. You know, the Fed is, has been increasing the rates here slightly. They made their first move, I guess, in December. Um, but that's not a one-for-one one, uh, rate increase for commercial real estate borrowers, is mm -hmm. it? What do you see for, for interest rates for commercial real estate borrowers right now? Well, certainly it was a historic you know, occasion after mm -hmm. you know, a number of years, uh, finally, to have the economy improve enough where we can begin to tighten, in, tighten rates carefully. Uh, you know, certainly is a good thing. As far as what I've seen, you know, it's really not translated into a lot of movement in the financial institutions as far as I've seen. Um, I didn't expect, nor has it occurred, um, as far as, you know, the, you know, the, the one-to-one -one tightening that you mentioned, haven't really seen that happen. Um, you know, I think it's been very orderly. It seems to me that, uh, uh, you know, that that, that that notion was, was um, you know, well-received from the market and, and you know, they, they seem to not be surprised by, by our move. Um, so I think, you know, we, we did a very good job in, in articulating that and, um, uh, you know, I think it's certainly, uh, you know, we'll, we'll continue to see how the national dynamics of the economy uh, continue to have an impact on interest rates going yeah. forward. Well, that's a good point. I think it was expected and, and I think the Fed did a great job of making sure we did expect it and uh, rolled it into to our analysis. Well, stay tuned. We're going to talk more about the Fed's view on commercial real estate. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. Thanks for being with us. Today we're talking about the Fed's view on commercial real estate. We have Brian Bailey here with us in Studio One from the Fed, and he watches commercial real estate for the Fed. And, and Brian, one of the things that we're starting to hear from some of our guests and some of our clients and some of the talking heads is the word bubble, uh, that because of maybe the the low cost of money, the amount of foreign capital and domestic capital looking to go into commercial real estate that maybe in some of the gateway markets, some of these three and four cap rates that maybe people are, uh, some people are, uh, the market's overheated, that they're overpaying. You know, what do you think? 
Well, it certainly is a very popular uh, word to use these days, whether it's uh, bubble or froth or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. and, and certainly we're spending a lot of time monitoring prices um, and, and a number of other fundamentals, trying to kind of understand the dynamics of the market and are things getting a little bit ahead of, ahead of itself. But, you know, one of the things we looked at was, you know, prices in the major markets. Um, you, you know, historically they're up about 7% which sounds you know, fairly reasonable. If you look at the change in the last year, they're up 18%. So certainly a pretty sizable jump there. When you go back and look at the last five years, uh, it's, uh, prices are up about 19% a year. So almost, you know, almost uh, you know, prices have almost doubled in the gateway market. So certainly, you know, you, you, you're seeing some of uh, uh, the data that, that you know, certainly would make you wonder or, or want to take a little bit uh, greater look at it. In the non-major markets, such as, you know, Atlanta, Dallas, Miami, um, you know, prices historically are up about 4% uh, and our data is about 15 years. Uh, it's, it's provided by Real Capital Analytics. Um, the prices in last year up 13%. So, so up, you know, three times, uh, kind of, you know, last year they're up three times over the historical, the rate of the historical average. So certainly, you know, question there, um, you know, you look at, at, at various segments and certainly apartments and CBD office stand out, you know, pretty significantly. Um, you know, their, their uh, apartments are 33%, apartment prices are 33% above the peaks. Um, a CBD office is 44% above the peaks that we saw in you know 2007. So certainly we have to continue to watch. At the same point, prices for retail, um, which is 9% uh, below uh, the peak, um, and then suburban office, um, which is which is about seven or eight percent below the peaks. So certainly you see kind of a dichotomy when you've got some very hot sectors and some not, you know, not so hot. I mean, certainly it's picking up steam in those areas. You know, and probably, you know, as everybody's aware of, you know, performance is very uh, specific to the location, to the property type, to the tenant. I mean, there are a number of, 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 of important uh, uh, factors that, that impact uh, value. But certainly we see, you know, kind of a resurgence. Um, so if you look at, at prices in the last year for apartments, retail, industrial, you know, the, the rate of growth is two and three times what uh, you know, we see over the long-term historical averages. So certainly it does give some credence to the fact that people are saying you know, things look pretty robust. Why is that? Um, I, you know, my view is, is that we've seen a lot of capital come in. At the same time, you know, the, the, the national economy um, has really begun to accelerate and create you know, significant amount of jobs at a consistent pace over the last two and a half years. So you begin to have enough time where fundamentals have improved. We've taken slack out of the uh, out of the vacancy, um, and now all of a sudden we're beginning to see you know some pressure on rents. Um, so, so my hope is is that um, you know we, we see some continued improvement in fundamentals and the cash flow side of the valuation equation you know begins to kind of you know pick up st steam a little bit. Certainly, uh, uh, you know the availability of capital is huge right now. Um, you know, foreign capital last year, uh, the preliminary numbers put put uh, estimates around 90 billion dollars in foreign capital came into the U.S. 
which is you know uh, huge. I think it's up 75 percent from the prior peak in 2000. Uh, you know, in, in the prior year. So, so I mean, we're seeing you know huge amounts of capital continue to come to the U.S. Um, part of its safety, part of it's the opportunity for investment. Um, so, so really, a number of factors right now um, are are contributing to the resurgence in price. But again, part of it's perception. I mean, you know, you know as well as I do that the real estate market, because it lags the overall economy, tends to overcorrect whether it's going up or whether it's going down. And I think what we've seen is is that we're seeing resurging prices captured in the one, three, and five-year growth rates because the economy, because pardon me, because real estate prices overcorrected to the downside. And now that we have more availability capital, fundamentals are beginning to improve and rents are beginning to grow. You know, you're seeing those significant rates compared to long-term historical averages. Yeah, and that's a good point that you made about you know looking at the trough. So you were mentioning that what over the last 10 years, if you looked at kind of the overall increase in commercial real estate, what did you say that the range has been there and, uh, and that that's really not that out of... Yeah, I mean, when you look uh, at historical, you know, you would think that prices for New York and Boston and mm -hmm. Chicago, LA, mm -hmm. LA, pardon me, and San Francisco, you know, th they probably could grow easily at 7% a year because yeah. of the constraints in those markets, because of the overabundance of population and businesses. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you, and you would think that, you know, realistically, in the non-major markets, for prices to grow at a rate of around 4% probably isn't, you know, unreasonable. Right. Um, but, but we're spending a lot of time monitoring and watching these conditions. Um, and so far, you know, we've, we've seen, I've seen uh, disciplined, you know, bank lending, which yeah. certainly is a good thing. I mean, that's a good point. I don't see stupid money right now. I mean, I have seen in past career times, I've seen some stupid money coming in mm -hmm. uh, into the market. Right. And, you know, if somebody has stupid money to overpay for stuff, you can call my clients <laughs> that have stuff for sale. We will help you out there. But right. I've not really seen it, right? right? So, like you said, there's some smart people, the, the, the investors, uh, their consultants, uh, the lenders. You know, there's some people that are underwriting this that are looking at it and going, all right, well, you know, like I had Walter Page on the show uh, last week from uh, CoStar. And he mentioned, yeah, Michael, but if you look at, say, a San Francisco building where maybe they're paying a three cap, but the rents are so far into market as those rents roll, they're seeing huge upside there. So there's really smart money making these decisions, isn't there? Absolutely. It, it's very sophisticated. And, and, you know, one of the things in regards to three caps is look back to the question, you know, back to the notion of perception. Mm -hmm. Some of that money is coming in from offshore, mm -hmm. and you look at cap rates in Beijing, Shanghai, mm -hmm. Hong Kong, and those cap rates are, are sub two and a half. Mm -hmm. So certainly a three probably looks somewhat attractive, even though domestically we rarely have seen, you know, three cap deals um, you know, for you know, you know, for longer than you know, four years or so. Right. Especially if they're looking at the the safety right of the U.S. market. Absolutely. And they're maybe not looking for much of return as to uh, preservation of capital, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and the U.S. is good, like you said, the economy is improving. You know, and all the analysts that I talk to suggest that that should continue, right? Because of the lack of new construction, we they're suggesting we're going to have rates continually increase, occupancy increase, so. Banks do all the loans you want, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't carefully, carefully. That's the thing. Discipline is good. Uh, uh, Careful and disciplined was good. I get it. That makes sense. 
All right, well, stay with us. We're going to have more on the Fed's view on real estate. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Excelligen, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. Today we're talking about the Fed's view on commercial real estate. We have Brian Bailey here with us from the Fed, and we're talking about real estate and commercial real estate. And so, Brian, where do you think we are in the cycle? I guess everybody realizes that commercial real estate, the economy, and, and real estate residential cycles. Let's talk about commercial real estate. Where do you think we are in the cycle? I think it's uh, you know it's a, a good time when you look at it because except for apartments you know we have seen very little new construction outside of a few markets and so for office for industrial which we're just beginning to see a little bit of an enhanced rate of construction retail it's been very lackluster you know you're kind of almost entering a little bit of a sweet spot as we've put more people back to work more businesses have gone back to work so there's been a need for more space so you've taken some of the slack out of the underutilized real estate, you've seen vacancy rates come down. And now I think we've reached a point now where we're kind of nationally, you know, we're seeing some, some uh, you know, upward pressure on rents. And so with very, you know, with a minimal amount of new supply in the pipeline, mm-hmm. and certainly depending on the size of the project and where it's built and all that good stuff, um, you know, it could take 18 months or, or even a little bit longer to see, to see a significant amount of new construction. And so it may give landlords a real opportunity to kind of, you know, put some upward pressure on rents. And, and, and certainly I think, you know, that's, a, that's good news because, you know, we've talked about values and certainly how fast they've gone. A lot of it's been driven by the amount and availability of capital. Mm-hmm. And now you're really seeing the other component of value, i.e. rents, fundamentals, declining vacancy, you know, beginning to kind of reassert itself and, and put some upward pressure there. On, on value. So certainly I think it's, you know, some good news and that's probably why, you know, you continue to see, you know, significant amount of transactions going on. Just saw the recent numbers and according to our friends at Real Capital Analytics, it was over $500 billion done in 2015 in commercial real estate transactions, which is huge. I mean, it's a very, very strong, uh, significant number. Um, you know, 26% of its office, uh, 27% of its apartments. So, you know, the sectors we talked about that were doing very robustly, but you also see, you know, 16% of it in, in retail, 14% of it industrial, a significant component in hotels. So, I mean, it's really has a wide breadth to it. Um, and, I, and I think that people are seeing that fundamentals are improving and they're, they're making the commitment to, you know, uh, make investments in commercial real estate. Um, so I think it's, it's uh, uh, you know, a good time. Certainly I'd, I'd, you know, say that, you know, it's dependent upon, you know, the continued improvement in the economy. Um, and, and, and certainly, you know, there's an international component 
to that as well, which we've seen some volatility. Um, you know, we've seen, you know, a little bit of caution surface around, you know, some of the new regulations that are coming online in 2016. But I think that, that, you know, adaptability is key. And I think, you know, they're very smart people in the commercial real estate sector, in the commercial real estate finance arena. Um, and, and I think that, that, you know, that they will be able to adapt to some of this new regulation. Some of it may be a little onerous. Um, I, I understand it. It may not, uh, you know, may not be perfect. But I think that, that there's, uh, you know, the key is the, the, the potential for, to adapt to it. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, you know, 18 months uh, looks good. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. And all the fundamentals look, you know, the, the, the employment, uh, the, the re retail uh, spending, uh, you look at the lack of new construction. It does look like continued good times ahead. But what about the folks who say, well, wait a minute, this, this, this cycle's a little long in the tooth. Is it, is it some of it the slow growth in this recovery? I mean, it seems like it's been a really slow uh, recovery and, and why the Fed has had such low rates, right? Mm -hmm. It's a slow recovery. Does that mean that we, we could have, a, the good times could last a lot longer <laughs> this time around? Uh, can you give me, can I have another question? Could you give me, could you give me an easy one, please? Um, you know, and, and I left my crystal ball at home, yeah. but, but I think, you know, you know really from, from a, uh, you know, from a supply and demand perspective mm -hmm. with, you know, minimal amount of new supply coming online in, in say the office space, certainly gives perspective for rents to, to increase. Um, and, and so I think that, you know, some of the conditions are ripe, uh, you know, for, for in the short term for, you know, some, some movement in, in uh, 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 you know, rents in, in industrial and in, in retail a little bit, but also you've got the trade-off. I mean, we just saw, you know, a number of, uh, of, of store closings. Uh, whether it was Kmart Sears, whether it was Macy's, you know, and, and you know, we've still got a number of firms that are tabulating their profits for Christmas. Uh, and, and so I think that you know, we continue to see the implications for e-commerce and the change it's having on industrial and, and retail. So certainly it's, again, back to it, performance is, is kind of sector specific. Okay, well great. Well, we're gonna take a short break. We'll be right back with the Fed's view on commercial real estate, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Are you in accounting, banking, or technology? Advertising on this show is an incredible way to reach U.S. commercial real estate participants. Visit CREshow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're covering the Fed's view on commercial real estate. We have Brian Bailey from the Fed with us here in Studio One, and we talked about the kind of the good times are here. Hopefully, they'll last a, a while. No one really really knows, right? So, what are some of the potential pitfalls for commercial real estate and banking? I hope the good times last forever. <laughs> yeah, I hope. Yeah. You know, you know some of the some of the pitfalls. I mean, there there are a number of pitfalls that. Uh, you know, or, or, or potentially out there. Um, you know, I, th I think, you know, you have to start internationally and look at some of the volatility that we've seen, whether it's in Europe, the Middle East, or Asia, and, and certainly it, it has, you know, implications for, 
our overall economy as well as our financial markets. So, I mean, you know, that's a potential pitfall. I think, you know, here at home, you know, we've talked about, you know, the economy doing well. And, and you know, it seems uh, all indications are that, that, you know, we expect continued growth. Uh, but obviously our crystal ball is only as good as everybody else's. And, and so certainly there are, there are uh, potential things that could derail that. Um, you know, coming a little bit closer to the financial sector, you know, uh, we've been fortunate, you know, in that the, the banking environment, you know, responded to coming out of the crisis by, you know, beginning to, to you know, uh, originate more loans, but they've also been disciplined in doing that. And, and certainly a potential is, is that, you know, we don't find the happy medium between, you know, dis the discipline lending or underwriting um, that's currently going on and, and something where, you know, back to flashing back to 2000 where we saw, you know, very, very um, enhanced levels of competition. And so I think, you know, there's, there's, you know, always kind of these factors kind of going back and forth there. I think if you look at, uh, you know, we talked about valuations, valuations certainly are going up and that's a potential because, you know, some things that go up do potentially, you know, come back down. Um, I think the good news is, is that, you know, my view, the, the underlying fundamentals seem to indicate, you know, that, that there should only be support for, you know, those valuations moving forward. But as you and I know, you know, the capital piece, um, and we've seen a lot of foreign capital come in, and certainly potential pitfall is foreign capital can be fickle. We saw it in the, in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, and, and, you know, foreign capital came in pretty significantly and it, and it left fairly quickly. And so I think it's something that, you know, we have to continue to monitor. Back to bank lending, um, you know, I'm aware that we are seeing, uh, you know, some appraisers beginning to stretch a little bit and, and on some of the assumptions that we, that we see. Um, and, and, and certainly I think it's at the point where we have to continue to monitor it. We are monitoring it, but in, done in conjunction with disciplined bank lending, for instance, you know, banks that are, 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 are lending or originating at 50 or 55% of value, you know, certainly is, is a, you know, a cautious approach. And, and so certainly it gives them some leeway in case some of those assumptions don't materialize but certainly a potential pitfall. And, and, then, and then, you know, certainly I think, um, you know, you have to look at the regulatory environment. We've seen a lot of regulation that's, you know, been placed on the market. It continues to come into effect in the market. There's more regulation coming this year. I believe, uh, you know, risk retention is one of the big ones that's coming that has implications for, you know, the CMBS originators, which could, you know, cause some, uh, potential disruption if they're unable to figure out as far as from that capital source. I think the good news is there's still a, a ton of available capital from a number of sources, but I think that, um, you know, that industry is, is proven adaptable um, over the last few years. They've seen a lot of regulation, and, and so my expectation is, is that they will adapt, uh, you know, to, 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 the, to the new regulation. But I think that you know there there are you know a number of, of potential pitfalls out there, and I think that's you know one of the reasons um, you know we're asking the question you know how could this potentially end badly, and kind of hypothetically trying to look at a number of situations uh, to make sure that 
you know, we are prepared and we are monitoring the um, correct fundamentals and dynamics in the marketplace uh, so that we have a good grasp of what's, of what's going on. Yeah, and you talked about uh, regulations. Talk to us about the changes in FERPTA and how that might impact FERPTA, there, real estate. There's a mouthful. There and, and really, you know, a name that we haven't heard since, I think, uh, 1980 or 1981. But, but FERPTA stands for the Foreign Investment in Real Property Tax Act. And, and certainly, you know, there were some changes made to that at the end of last year by the president. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and certainly, I think that, you know, what those changes mean is it, is it, uh, liberalized um, and, and, and allowed uh, foreign investors to own a bigger percentage of REITs. For instance, under the 1980s Act, they were limited at 5%, owning 5% share of REITs, and now that's been increased to 10. The other big piece, I think, is that um, foreign pension funds receive the same treatment as U.S. funds, and so it eliminated the tax. It allows them to, you know, certainly, you know, own property here in the U.S. And so, certainly, I think that you'll see more uh, foreign investment as we've made the environment, you know, more conducive, uh, you know, to to the foreign investor. And so, certainly, I think it's a it's a good thing. I've seen. Uh, you know, some uh, analysts forecast that they think it, you know, could mean another 20 to 30 billion annually. I'm not sure I think it will be that much, mm-hmm. but certainly when you looked at, you know, a $90 billion amount of foreign capital coming in, you know, 20 or $30 billion more yeah. certainly is, is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, I mean, a billion here, a billion there, pretty soon you're talking about real money, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, well, stay tuned. We'll have more on the Fed's view on commercial real estate. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Stay with us. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. Today we're covering the Fed's view of commercial real estate. We have Brian Bailey here who watches real estate for the Fed. And Brian, one of the things I think is on the mind of my viewers and listeners uh, today is uh, what could be the impact of rising interest rates? I think we're all kind of hoping interest rates continue to climb slowly, so it means the, you know, the economy's good, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what could that impact be on commercial real estate? Well, you know, hypothetically, and, and you know, let, we'll talk. Let's just have a kind of hypothetical discussion around it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the first point is you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the hope is is that we're if we have to move interest rates, it's because the economy is doing well enough that it's signaling that um, you know it, it's it uh, you know that, that it's gone very good ground to do that. You know, as far as the implications, certainly it has implications as far as rising debt service. And I, and I think, you know, the banks, the financial environment arena is, is certainly aware of, that that potentially could happen. I think that there are a couple of other things. Uh, certainly it has implications for value, um, depending on how far, how fast rents are going, growing, pardon me. But, I, but again, you know, if the economy is doing well, the hope is that rents are growing. I think the other consequence um, is, you know, right now we're looking global. 
and, and you see a number of economies that are not in as good a shape as ours is. And their central bank is in an accommodative standing, um, whereas if we're beginning to raise rates, if we're tightening, certainly that means you know, that the rates of investment could potentially be better here in the U.S. than in you know, a number of countries overseas because their economies are not doing well. And I think we are seeing that impact right now through you know, this wave of foreign capital continuing to flow in. So if, if you know, hypothetically you know, we raise rates at some point you know, in the future and these countries remain at, at, in an accommodative stance, I think that only puts more pressure on foreign investors to potentially look at the United States as a, as a safe haven foreign investment. And so I think that, you know, then we kind of go back around with another iteration of, well, you know, more capital, greater abundance of, of capital availability means that prices, you know, could potentially go up a little bit. It could also put a damper on, you know, raising rates as far as, you know, borrowers are concerned if there's greater availability of capital and greater need to deploy it. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a balancing act. It's yeah. a, and, and there are a lot of circumstances that, you know, we continue to watch. Right. And I know this is your personal opinion and not the Fed's, but let's yeah. look at this. Let's say that uh, I'm buying a property today and, and I'm thinking that hypothetically in two years, I'm going to have a 200 basis points increase in interest rates for <laughs> the cost of my buyer or two percentage points on an interest rate. Yeah. You know, should I be concerned about that or is there enough drive from foreign investment and from improved NOI growth that, that I'm going to be okay. So now you may, you're making me get my crystal ball out <laughs> yeah. again, which I, yeah. which I was like, you know, yeah. I'm leaving it home. But yeah. I, I, I think, you know, so, so talking, there is, there is a dynamic between, you know, rising treasury rates and cap rates. Mm -hmm. Cap rates have widened out. The spread between treasuries and cap rates has widened out significantly. And so I think that really if, if treasuries, if interest rates begin to move up, which pushes treasury rates up a little bit, Really, it will have, uh, and again, you know, it depends on how far, how fast, but I think that it has a negligible impact um, on, on, you know, where cap rates go. Yeah. I think, you know, bigger issue is the supply of money, supply, the supply of capital right now. Yeah. Well, I think those are good points, and I think they're right. There's going to be so much more, hopefully, improved in NOI growth that they're all going to be fine. Well, Brian, thanks for joining us here in Studio One today. We sure appreciate you coming in. It's great to be here, Michael. Thank you. And thanks for joining us on one of the 47 stations, iTunes, YouTube, or the show website. Be sure and join us next week. We're going to talk about retail and retail real estate. If you enjoy this show, uh, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty Commercial Advisors, a great place to do business. Visit bullrealty.com. Excelligent, the resource professionals use for commercial real estate information. Visit excelligent.com. That's X-C-E-L-I-G-E-N-T. Commercial Search, the source to market and source available properties for sale or lease. Visit commercialsearch.com. For more information on these great companies or for additional videos, podcasts, or articles, visit CREshow.com.